0: And welcome to MS Podcast. So I want to be honest with you. I saw somebody as a networking event and I could not help myself because and it's all our fault. I'm remember on that is the background. You will see on the YouTube channel uh next week what I'm talking about or the time I'm gonna release both of them, not next week, because we're Friday today. But oh my god. So one. The back one too when i start i started to talk with and i'm going to give her her name yet she's not going to say anything yet because I, I i need to say a couple of things before and her name is Hilary saporta and she oh god she's going to make you want to to order for her stuff because my goodness started to talk to her and so interesting she's a serial entrepreneur yes you heard it she's not an entrepreneur she's a serial one and i like serial entrepreneurs because they are so creative so just to give you a little bit she was she owns and she's the president of emerald group associates she is the director of marketing and promotion and she, uh, for, uh, oh, Bruce Meyers and Harley Davidson. Oh, that sounds good, I like that. But this is what attracted and my eyes. She's the owner of Flair for Fudge. It's a real, real unique fudge company. And she has uh, over 20 plus delicious gourmet fudge creations. And oh, my God, if you see the background, so I'm, I'm going to say to you guys, you need to go on, on my YouTube channel because you're going to listen on my podcast say, well, Emma, we don't see anything. I was like, too bad. But oh, my goodness, that looks so good. That's so good. So hi, Clary. So how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you, Emma, so much for inviting me
1: here today. I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: Oh, I am super excited. So we're going to talk a little bit because um, you are now adding to your to your portfolio of businesses. We're going to start with this one, with the Fudge. We're not going to even wait one more minute to talk about the Fudge because my goodness, the pictures in the background just it's beautiful. Thank so you. how did you get it started with this business? Actually, what inspired you to go directly to the Fudge
1: world? Thank you. That is always the number one question because it's such an unusual business. Um, My background is in advertising and marketing, hence the Emerald Group Associates. And um, I ended up after that um, working for some other people and then ended up working for a large motorcycle dealership, um, a conglomerate. And when I got downsized, I decided to go back into business for myself. And the weird thing was, is, well, I always made fudge for the holidays um, for, um, my rental property people, but also just for Christmas Eve dinner. And it ended up that a few days afterwards was when I was laid off from the dealership and it ended up that my husband's ex-wife and I, so yes, you heard that correct. Um, we were sitting around eating some leftover, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know people are going to like, that like a,
0: um, rewind. What was that? <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, love <laughs> it. it's, I love it. It's, it's like, it's awesome. If everybody gets along, I love it. We do. We do. In
1: (laughs) fact, we're going to see them in about two, three weeks and we're excited to get together with them. Um, But anyway, so she, while we were eating some leftover fudge, she asked me what I was going to do next. And I determined at that point that after working for some people and not knowing my destiny, that I needed to go back into business for myself because I wake up every morning knowing whether I have a job or not. And so as she put the next piece of fudge into her mouth, she said, well, do you have any ideas? and i did not want to go back into the advertising business from the time i had left things had changed a lot social media i was not really up and what did i really want to try to start like catching up with the, or try something new yeah and the third bite of fudge she said why don't you go into the fudge business and that was kind of what started and i said you know it's great for the holidays what do you what you know what do i do the rest of the year and she goes people eat fudge year round and she yes. was and so oh, yeah, how that whole thing started
0: and you know, it's it's definitely changed over the course of years on So you started health. so you started in your kitchen and how did you how did you advertise? How did you make yourself known? Because I'm sure everybody who knew you said, Well, we're coming and hanging around the holidays because you're fudge yeah. <laughs> But From there, how do you expand? Because a lot of people, you know, in the series I'm doing, it's explaining, you know, how did you get it started? But how did you expand it? How did you come up with the idea and spread the word? Right, so
1: so when I first started, um, I did start in my kitchen um, in Florida. I think like everywhere, there's a thing called a cottage law, where if you are in certain food industries, you can work out of your home for a period of time. That didn't last long, fortunately, because three weeks into business, I got a phone call from somebody who I knew from the motorcycle company who um, managed a hotel, one of the chains, and asked me to make fudge for an event they were doing. And at that point, I had to go cook in a commercial kitchen. I needed licensing and stuff. So she kind of forced me out of my home, which was, you know, a good thing because, you know, working in your house is only good for so long and depending on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up from there. I started working, um, doing events at like farmer's markets. And so I had these really ugly half pound and full pound containers. And in fact, that first event for the hotel, it was these half pound containers that I added ribbon and stuff to, to try to make it look pretty. And I created a label for the package that would hopefully make it look a little bit prettier But that's kind of how it started And every Saturday, I would go to a farmer's market and, you know, push my wares and, you know, have people try the product and hope because, you know, your family and friends will eat something and tell you how wonderful it is. It's like if anybody's ever seen some of these singing shows and they're like my parents say yeah. i sing wonderfully and i have to go and then you hear them singing they're like i'm sorry but your family lies to you yeah. so I, it always comes back to that
0: and i'm like huh, well I'm like, i wonder if my family's lying to me or people will actually let, buy let, my product let, let me let, let me say this just as a fun fact in my family we will never tell you if you're a very bad singer we will put you right there in your face so in my family we're pretty much brutally honest <laughs> A little, much, good. <laughs> a little too much. A little too much. Yeah, it's maybe brutal, but yeah. at least know the truth, which I prefer than be cuddling and somebody's gonna break the news.
1: Well, apparently not everybody has a family like yours. Because as I said, really? I do see people online and I'm like, wow, I said they just they just like threw them under the bus. But in my <laughs> in my case, um, fortunately my parent my, my family I don't think lied too much. Um, but I wasn't sure if my product
0: It's great if you get
1: it for free, but if all of a sudden somebody had to pay, would they be willing to pay for it? So the farmer's market scenario really kind of got my business started. And then from there, I ended up um, where I went to a farmer's market. What I would do at that point then is talk to stores in the area because I was only in business one day. If the farmer's market was on Saturdays, I basically was in business in that area only one day a week. And if I didn't show up for a week, then I was completely out of business in that area. So I started talking to some stores and said, hey, I'm here on Saturdays, I'm pushing my product, Um, but six other days a week, I'm not here. I can tell them, hey, if you want, and feed business to your store. And I didn't ask them to purchase a lot, it was just to have a representation. And that's kind of how I ended up building my retail business. And that's how it started. And, you know, the pandemic kind of changed things a little bit and I was kind of seeing the writing on the wall. So I started my corporate business and that's when we changed our packaging and we now can customize any of our products and stuff. And so that's kind of how it kind of came about where we moved from one to another. During the pandemic, stores were closed and I would have been completely out of business, but instead I was on calls and that's how you and I met and kind of worked from there. And so now we're we only in a handful of stores that have just stuck through with us through the whole pandemic, but we have definitely gone more to online
0: and- to e-commerce. And to e-commerce. Yeah, because at least you were, um, like you said, you saw the writing on the walls. Like most people ignore those writings, like don't ignore the writings, don't ignore the signs. Just do what is right for you to do so you were able to convert from the physical store to actually to the e-commerce which i think a lot of people have missed uh, and still are missing that's one thing that i see a lot with people because they you know you want your people and the the people in the store but during pandemic it's not like they can go into your store you have to find a different way to reach out to your people and i believe that um, doing it online gives you a wider range too, because where is the further you shipped so far? So, so we
1: ship anywhere in the United States, all 50 states, and we can also ship to Puerto Rico. Um, so that you know, because we do ship everything U.S. Postal Service. So anywhere that they ship within the states, it's a place to do. We can ship to Canada, but I have to be honest. Um, anybody out there who's from Canada, um, I appreciate the fact that you'd like the, you know like to send me business, but the cost of shipping up there, I just, I mean, if I lived in Canada as much as I would want my product, it's just it's it's kind of cost prohibitive. So, I tell people if you come across the border and you know you're going to be here, I'll ship all the way up to as <laughs> far north into the States and you pick it up just there. Send it just <laughs> to custom. Yeah, the yeah the cu- it's, customs, it's customs, it's <laughs> packaging, you know, it's, just, it's, you know, there's a, there's a limit. Yeah. But I do have to say, you know, through, and I tell people this all the time during the pandemic, yes, there was a lot of tragedy and a lot of mm-hmm. negatives. But and
0: there's a lot of positives. There were so
1: too. many positives. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that we all had this thing called Zoom or, you know, Skype or whatever, whatever forms that you use, you, you could be sitting at home by yourself, but mm-hmm. not be by yourself, because at that point you could connect with somebody else. And for me, it took my business that was just basically... Except for a few people that I knew outside of the, you know, out of outside of Florida, it took me into all fifty states, and that was something. I'd meet people online, and they'd want my product, and I was able to ship, you know, anywhere in the U.S. So I have shipped to all fifty states now. I've shipped to Alaska and Hawaii, and I've shipped um, all within the, conti- you know, cont- contiguous U.S. So it's just been um, it's been a really weird blessing in that respect.
0: That is awesome. So that's that's fantastic to have uh, studied that, and uh, the fact that eating some fudge got you inspired to do that and follow the signs again, and doing something totally unique. As I said, I was when I saw your background, I'm like, ooh, that's what. Because first, that reminds me of um, crayons, of um, oil. Um, what do you call it? pastel? That's what you reminded me. And then I'm reading I'm like, fudge. Oh, oh, that looks good. And the colors and everything. So you you custom everything for people? We can. Um,
1: anything that we have, the labeling can all be customized with a company logo, a personalized message. So Or if you're having a party, I mean, I've done everything I just did. For somebody's 94th birthday, um, we did we did packaging oh. for that, and it also she loves ladybugs, so we made sure all the foiling was red, black, and silver, and it had um, different ladybugs that I was you know different artwork and stuff. So we can customize it. We're doing a wedding in two weeks from now. Um, we've done bar and bat mitzvahs, so we end up becoming part of people's lives, which is wonderful as as
0: well that is fantastic that's amazing seriously being able to do that and uh, thriving on it and being able to go from word of mouth to online so what was your recipe to do it online you said use alignable but what else did you do to make yourself known it was only via alignable or was it uh, other things you did just to give an idea to help people yes so i mean I've been
1: in business 11 and a half years. So I think that kind of change, I think, as far as social media. Um, but we still we still have a presence always on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. Um, I keep you know, People keep telling me about TikTok, but I just um, right now. Molly, do you I, want TikTok? Well, I, I don't know. I, I just don't have time in my day to be mm-hmm. making videos all day long. So that kind of at the moment... Um, I did bring on during the pandemic. I did bring on somebody who does all my social media posts for me because for me, I'll get on social media and I end up, what I say, going down a rabbit hole because it's like I start somewhere and it leads me to looks familiar and a five minute post takes five hours and then I've lost my day. So somebody else does that stuff for me now and um, helps, you know, creates content. But I do believe You know, people say there was a question, actually, even today, how much business have you gotten from social media? And I said, you know, I really don't directly get business. I don't think people pick up and look on Facebook and say, oh, here's Hillary with a flair for fudge. Let me call and order fudge. But they see me on Facebook and then they'll see me on LinkedIn. And then they are, you know, they see me on Instagram and then they see me on Zoom calls and advertising 101 is repetition. And I always use the analogy, if anybody watches TV, you're going to see a McDonald's commercial Mm -hmm. 20 times a day. Everybody knows what McDonald's is. I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. promoting or touting McDonald's. No, we're not. We're not promoting it. But before breakfast, before lunch, before dinner, they always advertise. And the reason for that is when you're thinking, oh, I'm at the office and where am I going to have lunch today? Mm -hmm. That's the time that all of a sudden that mcdonald's will be top of mind awareness and Mm -hmm. so i kind of use that philosophy with my business if somebody i mean i i ended up a few weeks ago somebody ended up seeing me walking out of the gym and and he's a client of mine but because he saw me he called me up i didn't see him at that point but he says oh i just saw you coming out of the gym today and it made me think that i needed to order from you
0: so it's just that impressions constant impressions and that yes that's the brand awareness that's your reputation that's the brand awareness that's what we talk about because a lot of people think they have and that's the problem with the business owners at least you're smart enough to know your limits when it comes down to social media and realizing that and that's what i'm when to talk to clients that how much hours how many time do you spend on social media per week? because they're like oh man the website doesn't work Uh uh-huh your website should work you should bring the people automatically but instagram TikTok, you actually physically have to be there to do it because if you're not there then nothing's gonna happen that's mean the hours you spend in there doing your TikTok and your thing those are the hours in you're losing to do your business i love the fact and this week it's funny because i was talking about um Delegate, how to learn to delegate. And that's what you just did. Yeah. You delegate your social media to somebody else's. You only focus on this. You don't. You, you care about what they are doing, but you are not the one doing
1: it. You are so correct. And it's funny because delegating, I have to say I've had multiple businesses over the course of my life. And I have finally learned how to delegate. And I'm gonna tell your I'm gonna tell your viewers delegation if there is something that you need done a specific way and you have in your mind those are the things that you need to hold on to and do yourself but for me for example bookkeeping as long as the bookkeeping gets done and it gets done correctly and I don't get in trouble with you know the the, the big guys i can give that to somebody else of course mm-hmm. you're going to want to oversee and yes. make sure things are right because you know. when, just yeah. because you're delegating doesn't mean you are completely hands off but that was for me with social media i didn't yep. it, it's as long as something gets posted and it's yep. nothing that's negative i yep. am all for it and so you have to determine in your businesses what has to be done a hundred percent to your specs because You and I can both do the same job and we'll get around to doing it differently. Exactly. You got to, if you want it done a certain way, you got to do it yourself or know how to explain (sighs) it so that it gets done the way you want. But here's the deal too.
0: If you do this, you have to be cautioned because it's a very thin line. It's like, you know, the edges of the knives, you got two sides of it. When you delegate, you have to understand somebody is never going to, it's not you. You're not cloning yourself. So give the general guidelines and let them do the way they normally do, or quote, unquote, the best way they know how to. Right. You can guide them, but you cannot micromanage them. And no, that's an so issue. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, like social media, okay, if you hire somebody who can do the post, you can give them the general guideline. Oh, today, why don't you talk about this, this, and that, they've loved. Let them develop, say, hey, I did this and that. How you think about it? Okay, that's good. Let them do it. But don't try to micromanage because the problem when you're saying this is like, okay, I know where you're coming from, but I'm sure people who don't want to delegate say, ah, she says so. I said whatever (laughs) is in my mind that I cannot let. It's everything. It's like, no. Accounting, let somebody do their data entry. At the end of the day, you're still responsible for it because you're the one with the name on the business. So it doesn't change however to do the data entry somebody can do it it doesn't matter if you start by easy it doesn't matter let them do it they to enter in it a way let them do it don't micromanage social media there is like office expenses there is some stuff like maybe getting back i don't know if you the if you're behind and do all of the fudge or if you getting the orders but sometimes customer service can be done by somebody else so then you're gonna train actually so right. they're going to learn from it and you one thing that small business to understand me to understand because I'm working right now with uh, a huge company, but uh, on the consulting side, but it's document, document how things are done.
1: Processes,
0: even for small business, because if you don't write it down and I know it takes time, I know it takes time to do it. And you can have people like me or others that can help you to put your processes in place. But you need to document because let's say somebody, well, your social media got, imagine, I don't know if it's a he or a she. You see, she's a girl or? Female. Okay, she's a female. Let's say she met the man of her life and and up pregnant and had a baby. And <laughs> she needs to be away for two, three, four months then you're stuck to hire somebody. Have documentation of what she does ready so the person you're going to bring as an interim can do the job. Let's say she wins at the lottery and said, well, I'm sorry, Hilary, but I bought a brand new island. I am just heading down to the Caribbean. We'll see you on vacation when you come and visit me. You need somebody in a job. She needs to cut me in
1: on that is what she needs to do. She probably will (laughs) too. I have a feeling you will
0: go and collect.
1: (laughs) I need to go to that island with her. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. And sell your fridge for me. I like that idea actually, that would be pretty cool. But if the person leaves and you have no documentation on how to, then you're going to be the one as a business owner to spend your time to retrain that person. So that's mean you're not focusing on your business itself, on the sales. So that's something I want to emphasize because a lot of small business don't do that. It's a document. If you don't know how to write it down, connect with me at the end. I will, you know, explain, I will explain this, but do the documentation and the processes. So at least somebody can pick up the, the, the papers, look at it and say, okay, I can do the work. And I will have a couple of questions, but I can do the work. And you were
1: so correct about that also because if somebody who's a small business eventually grows their business and wants Mm -hmm. to sell it or franchise it that's also extremely important because what you do if you decide that you want to duplicate that or Mm -hmm. sell it has to be documented so that it's duplicatable so you are yes
0: yes and that's i think a lot of small business don't know that and they don't even have an idea how to do it so that's why it's like Okay, do you have any processes? Do you have something that, you know, oh, no, it's in my head. Well, good if it's in your head. But let's say by tomorrow morning you get amnesia. How do we do this? It's like document, document, document. If you don't want to do it, have somebody else doing it so they can come in, look at what you're doing, and document it for you. That, to me, is one of the biggest key that I see. So now let's talk about your fudge. (laughs) Do you have some (laughs) secret recipes about your fudge? What's the deal? (laughs) I don't wonder I don't want the secret recipes but I want to know more so Perfect. you know getting people drawing like I am right now I'm like okay because I'm still staring at I'm not even looking at you. I'm sorry, Hilary. I'm looking at the colors of the fudge. <laughs> thank you. I love those colors. I said that reminds me of past thank now. you. Mm-hmm. So
1: so just you know our product is a little bit different than what people maybe are accustomed to. Um, yeah. We start off with a high quality chocolate. All our flavorings are natural. So for example, we have a dark chocolate orange. It's got real orange juice and orange zest. It's a 72% chocolate. Um, We have a key lime pie with real key lime juice and zest, and it's got a graham cracker crust on it. Um, We have no no preservatives, no food coloring, and our products are under 100 calories per serving. We don't pump it all. You know, there's going to definitely be sugar. I by yeah. no means am I telling any of your listeners and viewers that it's health food because it's not. No, it's but not it's but. not going to have that grittiness and it's not going to be pumped full of sugar because the most expensive commodity of fudge is the chocolate. So yeah. we just make sure that we're starting off with the highest of ingredients. We make we make a lot of stuff um, in house. So we make our own toffee because we were at one point buying toffee for the Cuban coffee toffee. It's got a toffee mm-hmm. topping. We used mm-hmm. to buy it, and you know it had a lot of preservatives. But we learned how to make toffee in house, so we now make our own.
0: Um, our peanut I butters. I think it's fantastic what you're saying because I love the fact you listen to it, people. She started to buy things. And decided to replicate what we were best i love it Thank i you. love the fact that you basically incorporated something that is not full of preservative whatever it is you decided to make it your own i know for some people it will be overwhelming but it's paying off at the end because it's really matches your product it's- it, it is and the way that we make it it's doesn't it's not that
1: i mean of course everything that you do in-house is you know takes time but it's not that overly time consuming and Cuban mm-hmm. coffee toffee fudge is our number one seller by far. And as I'm going around telling people, we try to, you know, we get the highest quality ingredients and we try to have everything natural. Yeah. Our yeah. number one seller was not hundred percent natural. So yeah. that's why we decided for the toffee. We now make our own caramel in house. So Good. we have, we make um, our salted caramel comes in a milk chocolate. We now have a vanilla caramel, and we can also do dark dark salted caramel as well.
0: Oh boy!
1: So um, so yeah, I'm so going to be ordering some stuff here because now I'm drooling. <laughs> <laughs> but we also so we've also you know we, I know you mentioned when I think we spoke. I said oh yeah, I've got about twenty plus um mm-hmm. We're now over 50. (laughs) We um, actually just recently, we were in the kitchen creating 12 new recipes. Um, We're starting a fudge of the month club. So you can um, join the club for three, six or 12 months. And the uniqueness of it, besides the fact that you can get fudge sent to either yourself or to a client or to a family friend, it's a great gift for the holidays. Um, The fudge varieties that we are doing for the club you can't buy otherwise so you have to be a member of the club to get in on these really unique flavors and so that's kind of a that's kind of a new new thing that we are doing so it's really exciting We're,
0: we're excited about that oh no that to me is like it's even more interesting because it's surprise surprise on top of it too you don't know what's coming exactly so and we know it will be quality because it's all created all brand new and you don't even have it on your shelf only for that specific club. Yeah. I like that idea, but no, Thank I just love it. I love the fact that you're doing natural products. I love the fact that, like you said, chocolate is the highest ingredient because in some of the fudges to be, I don't want to be mean to others, but you don't even f- felt, you don't even taste the chocolate. You taste the wax things that like it's fudge. Okay. Well, that was an experience I wanted. Maybe I should have. You know it works directly that will make this that will do exactly the same thing you know what i mean it's like quality for me uh you can you know here in the u.s um in general because some people eat a lot of fast food and stuff like that i'm not exposed to high quality uh product they can really understand what quality of a product is like a fresh vegetables and stuff like that, that will change your taste. buds. definitely so experimenting. That's one thing that I have done, uh, not having any younger because I didn't like it, but I, as I grew older, so is my palate. So is my taste. So been able to say some stuff. I hate it when I was younger Then now I can eat. Don't ask me why this is what happened when you grow and mature. So. But the test and being able to make a dis- the difference between a product that is rich in product that have fine top product compared to the basic one that is done and I'm not gonna cite one company something with an edge and I'm not a fan of it. Then you test their product is the wax because the first time I was exposed to this in the U.S. I said, oh yeah, this has good chocolate. Blah, blah. I'm testing it. I'm like oh, whoa. I said really? I said. Oh boy, they must buy the worst cocoa ever because this is not top chocolate in my book. Yeah. So, and, and
1: and it's interesting because I do believe a lot of times when it comes to chocolate and I and I hear it a lot with Fudge, people end up not liking something because their first impression of it. If you I mean perfect example is during Easter, the Easter rabbits, I mean, oh you can get a really high end, you can get a really high end Easter rabbit <laughs> and you can get a really inexpensive at, yep. the, at, a, at a thing at a place yep. that's like a dollar. I'm not gonna name the store. And yep. it's just, it's different. And so yes. one's not gonna have any real chocolate in it. It's all exactly. fabricated. And Waxed that's my- some people, yep. that's their first impression of chocolate. It's just like yep. anything else. I mean, your taste buds change like every seven years. I tell people yep. that you should, if you didn't like a certain fruit or vegetable or a certain dish, that every seven, 10 years, you should try it again because something that you didn't like or something you didn't like as a child or when you were a younger adult, yep. your tastes change. I mean, anybody who ever drank, you know, wine, the wine that you drink when you're a young kid is not necessarily the wine you're going to drink when you're older and so it's just it's i think it's a learning experience and you got to be open to that i've always my I i grew up in a household where you had to try everything at least once I if you know. like it after that point then they then they had to
0: negotiate with you but um yeah. there were no negotiation on mine actually you had to eat it or you stand in front of it or they serve you the next day in the morning and your breakfast so i had to experience some horrifying things but I was just like that wasn't pleasant <laughs>
1: we, we must have grown up in the same household i remember I having so sit too. Din- <laughs> I had to sit at the dining room table until my food was gone yeah. and yeah. i remember there were days that i just sat there for hours to the point where my father would say, okay, you, you got to let her get up and go to bed now because she's just not going to eat it.
0: <laughs> it just... oh, no, they were bringing it back in the morning. They did it to me. <laughs> I or twice and I'm like, oh, that didn't sat well with me either in the morning. That was even worse. But I know. But I felt like if the ingredient, you know, I know some big companies are, you know, you want to do to profit, through profit. So the first things they do, they will basically modify the ingredients and they will go for the cheapest one, yeah. which is not a good thing. And that to me kind of biased the test, especially in chocolate. And I said when I experienced fudge and I experienced some of the chocolates, I'm like, oh boy, oh boy. It's like where does it come from this? I said, even in Europe, we're not even want to put it if you put this on the shelf, you're gonna be hunted down by the customers. I said, this is, unse- you cannot sell it over there. It's like, that will be the worst thing you can do, or your, your company will just close doors. It's its interesting you say that because I have
1: companies that have approached me about making product, but they want me to change the formula and yes. I need to be able to add preservatives and artificial mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm fortunately at that stage in my life that doing what i do of course don't get me wrong you know i'm in business because i need the business but at the same point there's a part of me that is not willing to give up because all the recipes are my own so i'm not willing to give up what i've been doing and how i've created my model for my business just so that I can possibly do a deal with somebody Make who, may, money. who may and, and who may or may not keep my product on long and then I lose that credibility of the fact exactly. of what my product is and how, how I differ
0: and I think that's thats that, you're right on point um, when you run your own business it's your heart, your soul, your authentic self basically yes. you're pouring the love you're pouring the passion. The, uh, your standard, your high standard, and then to have somebody said, okay, well, you know, you can do it for us, but here we give you a seven or eight figure, then you're going to do this. However, here's the caveat you change everything. I'm sorry. I would walk away from it. and say, I'm sorry. I cannot because this is not me. And exactly. I will not put this out there with my name on it, because I know it's not the quality it's supposed to be. That to me is a very, very, very big um, selling because this is where you see if you're okay, doing a business is not, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, it's hard. It's, you have really have to show who you truly are to run your business. However, money coming in there, very welcome. But if it's to cheat in one way to get more money, I will not sleep at night because those are not my product. This is not who I am and I will never stand exactly. behind this. And I love your spirit. I love your authentic you. self to really stand behind your product compared to a huge pile of money that's not going to reflect because people are going to remember that and say, what kind of crap did you do now? It's like, I'm not going to buy your product because if an affiliate got this and it's spreading everywhere, that is not. That's not going to, you know, people are not going to like it. So for me, I like your authenticity and who you truly are, because that show really, you know, you choose if Thank you're greedy and it's your ego talking, you go for the money. If it's your spirit, you know, people will buy your product. Thank Maybe you. the speed of making the money is different than the other deal. You know, you make a deal with the devil or not. If you make the deal with the devil, you are at the mercy of the devil. You, you that's are so the problem. You are so correct. You're, you are not in control of you of what's going on you're not in a driver's seat anymore you gave your powers away which is the worst thing you can do as a business owner you are so correct i always tell people you
1: know what when you go to bed, what you do during the day you go to bed at night and depending how you sleep is depending on how you spent your day
0: and if you
1: live a life that you try to do your best be the best that you can be be honest and do what you hope is the right thing um you can live with yourself much better oh absolutely you don't
0: sleep next to the devil at that point so you're just fine you're not in bed with the devil basically (laughs) because i and i don't you know i don't money i have no issue with money with the energy of money if people are billionaire i'm very happy for them what i what i'm very cautious is when you've got a business and you could be struggling or you always have the temptation to, are you going to make the right decision? What is right for your company or not? Because some people will be tempted. It's like, hey, if they did a huge check for most people, we're all like, oh, my God, I can retire. I can do this. I can buy this. I can. Oh, life will be wonderful. OK, go in bed with it and see what's going to happen because you're going to be miserable. Uh, who? Uh, what's a Franklin? who had skinny whatever her brand was, the skinny vodka, whatever. She sold it and bought it back. There was another lady who did something that was for the C for vitamin C for cold. I forgot the name of it. She started the company and sold it for millions of dollars, realizing afterward what they were doing with her product, purchased the company back because she did not like the way they handled her product what it became so it tells you something yeah those companies will always modify and because they're big one and they don't look at uh, consumer wise they're looking at how much they ma- uh, how much they're making It's based on their boards and their board of directors it's all about the profit how much millions more of dollars can i make which is okay that's 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 their, their game right however It's better to stay a smaller company, to grow steadily, making it, feeling better, making at the end, probably millions of dollars at the end of the day. But you take the time to do it and refusing those deals, those bad deals, that's not going to help you.
1: You just hit the word. It's the bad deals. I mean, I think I think all businesses are out there to partner or to move their business yes. better with good oh, yeah. with good deals and those good mm-hmm. deals maybe take a little bit longer but once again it ends up in the long run it ends up being much better I mean
0: exactly but you need the right deal and you right need to deals. be cautious of the people who wants you to sign you and I don't care how big of the names they are you have to look very closely of what their demands are like you said yeah. they wanted to change your recipes they wanted to do this and that and the product will totally change compared to what it was. You're preserving something authentic, which is fantastic. And there will be, I will, I will not be surprised, there will be companies who are going to contact you that will respect what you're doing and be able to say, okay, we can produce this, we can do this and whatever, and have a bigger deal and a better deal. You don't have to rush in business. You have to be cautious of rushing when you see the nice shiny objects and yes. do it right. So. It's not the problem of the money. It's the problem of who is at the end of the deal and what are the true intent? Because they will have to tell you at the end of the day. They want your business. They want to purchase your company. They will ask you for some stuff. If they want to join venture with you, they will ask you for what they need. And this is where you have to be cautious. So I'm so proud of you. Seriously gives me the chill, actually. To, uh, to talk to you because you really bring the authentic side of it, of you. I have known people here in Minnesota because we got two huge may, um, biomedical companies. So there is a lot of people who came from uh, uh, the East Coast. started they company for the for the idea of they're going to create something new in biomedical world. They're going to make them make themselves known to those huge companies for them to be purchased and didn't give a crap at the end of the day because they wanted the money. Okay, that is business. Right. That's, that's, that's the way they did. But there is the other side where we are and it's about the craftsmanship, it's about the client, it's about the product itself to bring the best product to the market for people to enjoy it and to have a fabulous experience. And to me, this has more impact than a quick deal to decide to be bought by a big company,
1: and I think you hit the nail on the head. For me, this is kind of like my baby, mm-hmm. and when I go to, we do a lot of pairings where we will go to like a liquor store and yeah. we will pair our fudge with whether it's wine. Yeah. Um, I do I'm, do. I'm doing a tequila one next week. I've done mezcal. We've mm-hmm. done um, rums. So I mean, it's a combination and. What for me, what I get the joy, because I do cook everything myself, I don't, I've not hired somebody. That's one of those things that we went back to a little while ago. I've not delegated the cooking because of many reasons, but yeah. When somebody tries my product and it puts a smile on their face or brings them back to a memory as, you know, when they were a kid and they had a parent, a grandparent, a Mm -hmm. aunt or a sibling or whatever that used to make fudge during whatever time, it brings them back to hopefully a good time. Me having that product, it's a little bit different that if I get to that day that I do decide to sell the company, it... I'm going to have to completely divorce myself of it and let them take over um, and do what they want to do with it. Um, Companies, you know, you create widgets or you create something. I think the passion there is and selling it is a little bit different than when it's a product that you that people consume. I, I just think that there's a little bit of a difference there when some... Oh,
0: It is because it comes from you. It comes from the love and the passion you bring into the, the cooking because a lot of people don't realize you transfer your energy into your food as well. So people will feel that positive energy when you're doing this compared to the big machines that You know, it's unpersonal and nobody is praising or, you know, sending energy in there at all. It's a product, it's a product, it's food, it's food. But there is a huge difference when you already taste somebody else's that, no, that's true on top of it, because you've caught a lot. Have you ever been to a restaurant when somebody, the cook is in a bad mood and the food is crap and you go to the next, the following time you go to the same restaurant it's like, oh, that was bad last time, but it's better? It's all based on the mood and the energy as well. If the cook sure. is happy, well, the food is happy, customer happy. If he's crabby, good luck with that. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's called next restaurant. <laughs> exactly. Or well, you ask like if the chef is in a good mood.
1: <laughs> well, I am always in a good mood. You know my tagline, as you know, it's like I tell people who I am and and um, where I fudge around all day long. That is yeah. my part of my like clothes on anything, and so. Yes. um, I have learned, and it's funny, I guess now thinking about it, if I am not in a good mood, I don't cook. Exactly. It's just um, cooking. Cooking's always made me happy. Um, My family, my mother made some great things, but she was as a overall, I don't recall her ever being that great of a cook. So when I got off, when I went off to college is, is when I learned how to cook and there was one of my roommates one of her high school friends i was always his guinea pig and he was the one and and he <laughs> taught me he taught me about the finer things of life because that was not yeah. something that i grew up with so things like you know oysters and caviar and, yeah. and um, yeah. mm. cognac
0: and that cognac cognac talking. Uh, you
1: know, yeah <laughs> Some stuff like that Sorry, i mean people. it's just he he came from a he came from a well-to-do family so yeah. he did not live like a typical college student and yep. I went off to college and literally put myself through school so I didn't have much I didn't have much money to eat and he just kind of took pity on me I think so it was it was a match made <laughs>
0: Um, no, but that's nice because he opens something that you did not know, which I love because you know, not everybody, you know, is uh, what we call it in Europe, a silver spoon in our mouth. I grew up when I was poor, uh, we were poor, but uh, it's learning uh, to be curious and to learn more. So when you get somebody else who give you the possibilities to do that, to me, it's fantastic. It's great. So it's a yeah. great education and you already set the standard of what you're going to become because you're going to remember those experience and that to me is is fantastic so yeah i i love it i absolutely love that so you should not be um uh what do you call it um it should be part of, of the life and complementary of what you became because you learn what the finest Thing, Even if yes. they were probably weird in the mouth, versus like, holy crap, this is salty, isn't it? <laughs> or this is this or this is that. Or It's like, oh, boy, this is a strong here. But it's the taste. It's understanding and smelling it and really taste something different. And maybe some stuff at the beginning were like, oh, I'm not going to do this again. It's <laughs> just learning. It's true. And it's, it's really opening the taste bud. And to me, it it's makes a huge difference. But it's interesting you said about your mom. That she wasn't a great cook or she was, you know. She but- made a
1: few things that to this day that I will make. So she had like Thanksgiving meal was always amazing, but like everyday stuff. And I don't know if it was just because everyday stuff, just sometimes every day Boring. or <laughs> or what, but it was, there was certain meals and certain things she made and didn't make them often, but those were the special moments. Yeah. But I was not one that like for me, I mean, I would make certain things in the in the kitchen, but we were not we we did not come from a family where I would go in the kitchen and cook. So it was something that you learn that I learned later on in life. And as I said, when I was in college, I mean, I ate a lot of macaroni and cheese out mm-hmm. of a box. And I remember because at that time and and I can now age myself, when I was there, I think it was like twelve boxes for a dollar. It was really dirty. Yeah. Yep. And I do remember, though, learning that I made mac and cheese a lot of times with water because I could not afford the butter That's and the milk to go with it. And it's not this isn't a sad story. I mean, it's just no, crazy. it's and not you it's go college and you learn certain things. So yeah. as an as a, you know, adult, I mm-hmm. learned about eating like good, you know, how to eat good. And it's like one of my people go, what are your pastimes or what is what is your hobbies? I love to travel and I love yeah. to eat good food. Those
0: are my exactly and that's my what I, And I love it because it really expands your taste bud and it, it's inspiring too. Because when you taste something that is good, you're like, okay, I would like this, but I'm gonna make it on my own. I'm gonna make my own twist or get an inspiration from it. This is what I love: It's you get inspiration. I don't know for your recipes and I'm not gonna ask all of those secrets, but <laughs> I'm sure you pick up. No, I will not, trust me. in like, no, because I want to purchase some of them. So I'm not gonna ask for the secret, what's the point? <laughs> but I'm curious to know, because you get inspired with your recipes. Like you said, you came up with 12 more. Yes. Okay, so did you sat down and said, okay, well, we're we gonna do something or did you just got inspired and say, oh, that inspires me to do this. So that okay. is, or is it both? It's, it's a combination.
1: So some of my recipes actually come from my customers saying, hey, I like this combination or I like this particular fudge, do you make that? And so then at that point, I kind of put my own twist. I mean, I'm sure everybody out there has coffee fudge, but the way that I make mine is a little bit different. Um, there, I'm sure there's companies that make key lime fudge, but I make mine
0: a little different. I um, never trust to... uh, lime, so I am trusting from My order, I we're done talking. Just to <laughs> let you know, guys, everybody I interview, I don't give me any freebies. I purchase stuff. So uh, this is on my list because when you said key lime, I'm like, oh you're Florida key lime. I'm good. <laughs> yes, we um, <laughs> we get our we get our limes to, um, down from
1: Marathon, so um, mm-hmm. they're they're local. We try to source local whenever possible. Nice. We source organic whenever possible yep. for our fruit. Um, although citrus fruit doesn't necessarily organic, it does not necessarily need to be organic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do use the zest, so we do try to buy organic, so that we can so so that we can zest it. But the twelve recipes, I'm always looking at what new trends are. Mm-hmm. So sometimes a recipe is created based on a trend of you know certain things mixed together creates a trend and so we kind of work off of that some of them are just like classics like we're going to do a pecan pie fudge for um for christmas i make a pecan pie that i've been making forever it was something nice that i created myself i'm one of those that for a pecan pie i i like lots of pecans mm-hmm. and most pecan pies, they have like that really thin layer of pecans on top. And then they have that jelly, not really fond of all that gel in the center. So, um, I created something a little different and the pie is like, it's pretty straight through pecans. And so if you don't like pecans, you're not going to like this pie, but that's kind (laughs) of, uh, that's kind of so we kind of create our recipes based on various, various things.
0: But I like that because, you know, if they do it too thin, or if there is just a little sprinkle of the pecan, well, what's the point? You want to taste what you're buying. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're telling me I'm buying a fudge with pecan in there, I better have to be some pecan in there. Because if I don't felt, feel it, I'm like, what's the point? It's not as what you're yes. supposed to be testing. So for me, I love the, you know, it doesn't have to be all industrial like they're doing it. I like the, the uh, uh, what do you call it? There's a word uh, in French I have to the artisan way. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. Because when an artisan like you do it, it's not commercial. It's your own style. And it will be what it looks like because it's your own style. And I love that. I rather because it's authentic. It's like, oh, yes, people, let me hide all of the things. I made it. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you about it, but I made it it looks like not commercial. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like it goes to a machine and it, it's more authentic. This is what I love when I make um that was what? Um uh, jello? I think. That's jello. But I made it from scratch. So okay. it doesn't never looked like that. I picked up I was some Susan Summers actually, she had some recipes, I'm like, I'm gonna try this. At the end, it did not look like the one you buy doing stand jello and you're making it. No, no, no. Good. It looks good with the fruit in there, with within the jello with mix was the pulp of the fruit nice. and pieces of fruit. Yep. Totally different look. And it didn't to have that one.
1: artificial no. day glow green no, color.
0: No, no. no. <laughs> it was totally different. It was very good. It was the taste is different. So what I love is the fact that your recipes are all homemade and that nice. makes a huge difference that to me Thank is you. like a big winner so that's why when i saw you and i saw those things i'm still looking at those i'm staring at those i'm like, a lot of color on those i'm like oh crap how do you come up with that yellow i have no idea but that yes. guys, so that's
1: nice so <laughs> we started off we started off with six flavors and mm-hmm. um two of two of the flavors are no longer on our line um but um we, when we decided to do corporate is when we decided to purchase foils and all the foils actually come from Italy. Um, I'm very particular, I'm I'm particular also because it's touching the food directly. So there's places that make certain things and I just don't buy from there just because I don't believe in their products. So, um, but yeah, so we, we have over 20 different foil colors. And so the whole thing is, is for an event is to match or complement um, the, the colors, the theme colors of a party or the logo colors or whatever the case may be. And it also kind of creates a nice little festive box when somebody gets it and it's got all these
0: different foil colors yeah. and different things. So No, I think it's fantastic. So which one sells the most? If people wants to come, because I'm going to go order after we're done, I'm going online, I'm going to order it. but if people are curious and they're gonna say okay now i'm hungry for fudge which are the most popular for them to start with
1: okay that's easy so we actually our number one seller by far is our cuban coffee toffee i'm gonna try this one actually when you said that i was
0: like okay I'm so
1: so it's got a high cocoa content milk chocolate Mm. it's got real Mm -hmm. cuban coffee in it and then it's got the toffee topping that's also made in-house our number two is our key lime pie it's a white chocolate base And we use a high quality white chocolate. So, you know, people go white chocolate, if eh. and I you know I'm a dark chocolate person. I always have come from as a kid. But um, and I like the dark chocolate because it was always dark chocolate was not that most people make milk and white chocolate that fake stuff. Mm-hmm. Dark chocolate They don't waste their time doing that. Well, I'm sure they could, but they don't waste their time doing that because if somebody wants dark chocolate, they know that they're going to go ahead and spend the money for dark chocolate. And my grandfather, I learned my love of chocolate from my grandfather and also the love of nuts. So that's an interesting story, which I'll come back to if you want afterwards. But oh, yes, I do. (laughs) So so our key lime lime pie is our number two. It's got real key lime juice and zest. The white chocolate has real vanilla. It's got real butter. It's got milk. It's, it's got good ingredients in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's got a graham cracker crust on it. So it's like eating a key lime pie. And you know, I do come from South Florida. So key lime pie is really big where I am. And, um, so that had to be on the line. Um, Mm -hmm. our number three is our dark and spicy. It is a 72% chocolate. It's got sea salt, cinnamon, vanilla and cayenne pepper and it Ooh. i it actually came to be i was in mexico and i asked uh-huh. for chocolate and it ended up that they brought the hot chocolate to me and besides the fact that it was a little bit too hot when i actually took a sip of it i didn't let it cool down enough it all of a sudden took me by surprise because they had put cayenne pepper in, yeah. the, in the hot chocolate mm-hmm. and i just loved i love spicy stuff And I just loved that combination. So Mm -hmm. one of my first, after my original six, one of my first um, varieties that I made was the dark and spicy. And we now make dark and salty. It's the same sort of thing. It's not one of our top five, but it is that we make it we just leave the cayenne pepper out and it's what you're going to do is you're going to get the salty, you're going to get the sweetness, and then you're going to get the warmth. And it's not like overly spicy. I want people to pick up all the different nuances of the fudge. Yes. I want you yeah. to taste the cinnamon. I want you yes. to taste the sea salt on the top. I want you to pick up because we use a real high quality vanilla. I want you to pick mm-hmm. that up. And so the spice on the end Um, One of the reasons why we use cayenne pepper is that once you eat it, it doesn't keep building in your mouth. So once you eat the first bite, if it's like, if it's just good enough for you, then the rest of it's just gonna be the same heat tolerance. Yeah. So then our number four is our dark chocolate orange. It's also a 72% and it's got orange juice and orange zest. And then we round out, we change our top five every so often so we create we actually have a sample pack it's a top five sample pack right now our fifth is our chocolate peanut butter and so Mm. we make um our own peanut butter in-house and um it's just mixed in with um our classic milk chocolate
0: and it's chocolate peanut butter and so that rounds out our our five and um, no, that's that's awesome. I love it. I love the fact that uh, you use the cayenne because in Europe it's more the pimento than we're using on some of our dark chocolate. Right. And it's not burning or numbing, it's more numbing. The problem is is how much do you put in, how much is too much. So when you put too much and then after a while you have no taste, you're totally so numb. So I like the fact that you're using it and I like the fact that you want everybody to test every single ingredient and the heat comes last. Yes. That I love because it gives you that you know, kick, but it's training your butt test, actually, which I love. Exactly.
1: And and that the thing is, is, is there are people that, you know, that are wine drinkers. The Cuban mm-hmm. coffee toffee and the dark and spicy actually go really nice with a Cabernet. Mm. Um, and what I, what I want or what I don't want is somebody to, the whole thing with wines and with the fudge, when you pair them, Like um, with a Chardonnay and a key lime pie, the Chardonnay has any sort of like a citrus base. It's gonna actually bring out more of the citrus in the wine. It will also bring out more of the citrus in the fudge as well. And that's the whole thing, you know, drinking wine and eating foods, whether it's fudge or whether it's um, uh, some other food of some sort, it's to complement each other. And mind you, I can say to you, a Chardonnay and a key lime pie, you may like a different combination. That's why I make over 50 different varieties of fudge, because not everybody likes the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's supposed to complement each other and you're supposed to pick up those nuances. With the Cabernet, if all of a sudden I burn somebody's taste buds by putting too much cayenne pepper in it, then it completely defeats the whole purpose of wanting exactly to eating or drinking something with it. It needs
0: to be a kick. Not a numbing experience. It's exactly. supposed to give the real kick at the end, like whoa, that was cool, and yes. that's what I love. When I do, when I cook spicy, even I did it with ghost peppers. Uh, I did it that it gives you the heat, yes. not numbing you. So even when you, uh, when I did the ghost pepper, it was quite funny actually. You eat the food, and from the stomach, the heat will come up. It was very interesting, not burning you, but coming right up. Mm-hmm. You could feel the heat, Wow. Like not numbing or burning. But there is a level to, you know, you have to dose. You have to test it. So, so when I was doing the sauce, because I, I used lime when I did it, and I was like, OK, I used the sauce, and I was testing it as I was putting the, the ghost paper. Because I didn't want it to put a big one in there and just said, OK, you cannot even taste the food at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> it's and it's in,
1: it's interesting because I love I love hot sauces, mm-hmm. but I mean I've gone into hot sauce you know bars and hot sauce stores and stuff, and it's like I think it goes by skulls right. I think is the is the is the yes reason. yes. I I want I want for me I want a hot sauce that's still going to have some flavor to it. Yes. I mean I can eat. Not, I don't know if I can eat that hot of stuff, but I can definitely eat more heat than I think, than, you know, mm-hmm. than a lot of people. But the thing is, is it just completely numbs your taste buds yes. of everything else. So to sit there and have a bragging right that I can eat something that has that much, that's one thing. But if you're using it for any sort of like enhancement, I think yes. most people, you know, you put you put hot sauce or Tabasco or whatever mm-hmm. sort of sauce yeah. on, it's to try to enhance what you're eating and once again, if it's too hot and all you're tasting is that or it's killing everything, yeah. I don't quite get the, I don't get quite on it. But whatever.
0: And I, I, no, no, I agree with that because for me, uh, you have that, like you said, it's enhancing, but it gives you the opportunity to still test everything. It's just a little kick at the end. So that's why. Because it exactly. happened to me actually a long time ago, uh, there is a place here, I think it's still there. I don't know. I've not been there for ages. But they were, they were doing southern southern cuisine. And when I went the first time, oh boy, the medium, that was the medium I was asking. Oh, by the time the second bite, my entire mouth was numb. So basically I have no idea what I ate at all. And it was just supposed to be medium heat. So I don't know what was the hot hot at that point at all. Came back over there a few years later and I said, I want very low. It still was super hot. And when I said hot, it's like put about two or three ghost paper and and there and that's it. So you could not even test it at all. It wasn't enjoyable for me because I'm like, I don't want my mouth to be numb. I don't want my tongue to be numb. I just want to taste the food, the cuisine. I could not.
1: I actually have learned, because my husband likes a different heat level than I do. And I've just learned that when it comes to sauces and stuff, I. I'll either like order like a medium and a hot or whatever the case may yeah, be, yeah. and I have them put it on the side so that I can then control how much yeah. I want.
0: I could have. I never thought about that because that was in their meal, so I think it was already in there. In there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it was already in there. That's the I'm problem. Thinking of, I'm thinking of chicken wings. Yeah, that wasn't chicken wings at that point. <laughs> that was hey, that was a full uh, dinner plate, and that was in their sauce. But still, Got it, it yeah. was beyond what it should have been for the rating they were given but as like not enjoyable because that's why like they're doing it it's been a trend here in the U.S. to see this more about putting some spices in some papers um, uh, or Thai paper or not the red but the Thai paper actually into with the dark chocolate and that's making a little bit more of a trend here but in Europe we have that for years and years the same with the uh, you know, uh, jell did they, they, they do this and they have to, to put some spice in there. But I love it. I love the fact that you did that. That's fantastic. So I, I'm loving it. So can you uh, explain your story of how you, uh, with your grandpa, about the love of chocolate? Yeah. know that? <laughs> so as a child,
1: every weekend I would go to my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, may he rest in peace, was a little bit of a gambler. And so he would leave on Saturdays and he would go to work. Okay, Uh That's in quotes. (laughs) And so as a child, I just, he would go to work and he would come home and it was always a game where I would put myself uh, in their closet. Um, He would come in, he would ask where I was. My stuff was all over the house. And my grandmother would always say that, that I got tired of waiting for him. And so I, left that my, my dad picked me up and took me home. And my grandfather's like, oh, well, I'm sorry that she is missing this. And he would go to the closet and he would mm. pull out some chocolate. He would pull out some nuts. He would start shaking the thing of nuts. I would come running out of the closet going, grandpa, I'm here. <laughs> and so we would sit down and we I would eat that. whatever nuts there was. Well, it wasn't until I was well into my Adulthood, And I think at that point, my grandfather had passed away and my grandmother sat me down one day and she told me the story about the nuts and the chocolate. And I never knew there was a story. I just knew that he liked nuts, chocolate and cheese. Those were his things. And I like all three of those. And so I said, um, what is it? She said it was a simple and it was a message to my grandmother how he did at work gambling for the day so if he pulled out peanuts and pulled out like a low-end chocolate Mm -hmm. bar it was the fact that he lost money whereas if he pulled out the high-end swiss chocolates and he pulled out the macadamia nuts
0: Uh he made money
1: and everything kind of fell in between i did not know that until i was well into my probably 20s 30s and
0: that's awesome. That's, that's that's an awesome story. I love that. And I love the way they did it. I love that she didn't have to ask. She just had to pull this and they knew it. She knew <laughs> just it. Just sat there and looked, looked at what yeah, he was eating. eating. Isn't that, that funny? Yeah, exactly. No, it's like, I oh, thought that, all right. Yep. No, Sorry, that's fine. Right, that's now, mind right. you, he had all of it already
1: in the closet, so it didn't have oh, yeah, yeah. what he did for the day. But the fact that that was the way that yep. he communicated to yep. her without having to say a word, I thought was just such a
0: unique just a unique way they were very I, unique people so I, kind of- I love it you could feel the love because you could feel the, that she did not even say anything afterwards nope. like okay now we know so but I like <laughs> the way he did it I it's more you know people who go to work uh, could do that. That would be helpful for the Amato then discovering those, they lost everything and they were not aware of least you yep. was yep. telling her, which is good. Oh Isn't my that God. Funny? This is awesome. Yeah. I
1: liked when he, I liked when he won more than when he lost, I have to be exactly. honest. I mean, peanuts have their place <laughs> and so do low end chocolates, but I have to That's tell wow. you, I am a big fan of macadamia nuts and I do like, I do like Swiss
0: chocolate as well. So
1: I've got to just say that, um, Yes, I totally agree with you. I love <laughs>
0: Swiss chocolate actually better than Belgium. Belgium is good, but for me, my my sweet tooth goes to the Swiss. I don't know why. Yeah. There is a difference of taste, but uh, mine, uh, maybe because I grew up in a, um, I was close to the Swiss. Um, yeah, to Switzerland. We were close to Switzerland, so yeah. you got that chocolate and Belgium came afterwards but uh, those are the two best chocolates in the world. But yeah, I, I like them. Belgian chocolate also. He, he used to have it. that also, but for some reason,
1: Swiss chocolate, I think as a kid, just always stood out to me. I think it's a little, to me, I think it's a little bit sweeter.
0: So maybe, I don't, I don't know. Guess, I don't, it might be. There's something. There's something there about it. There is something. The, the taste is different, definitely different, but I cannot put my finger on it. There is something different between the two and I can make the distinction if I'm eating them. I know exactly who's what. Put either one in front of me and i'm a happy girl <laughs> me too i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say no but i will probably if it's the the i get it totally, totally. <laughs> so you said you're gonna be doing another thing uh, an event so where is that event uh you're gonna be doing with your fudge you uh, soon? Because you said we have a lot be- we have a lot
1: of events coming up so um primo liquors is um a liquor store that's local they have currently five locations, it's a family owned business. And once again, just like us being like where we support local, like we hope people support us local um, or just small business in general. I mean, we've got the big box liquor stores around. We choose to buy, you know, even if it costs a little bit more, we choose to buy from the smaller people just because they're the first ones that are going to get hurt and whatever. So they um, we have different events that are there we're doing next week is, I think we're doing at some point, we're doing a rum tasting. We're doing a, um, and they, in fact, with one of them, they gave me a bottle that I'm actually going to be making fudge with that particular um, brand of um, of liquor. So we do that also. We do nice. um, with Mezcal, we actually have a company that we use a specific Mezcal because we do tie in with them a lot with different tastings. Um, buy a bottle of their yeah. Mezcal, they get, you get a pack of fudge for free and we use um, you know, their mezcal, we do a sal de gusano, which is a worm salt on top. Mm -hmm. So we get kind of crazy sometimes with, you know, some of the things that we do. Um, tomorrow, um, our product is in a company called the spice lab. We use their spices for, um, for our products. Their sixth anniversary is tomorrow. So we're going to be over there. Um, we've created
0: some recipes
1: for them and stuff.
0: So all of those events uh, are very listed somewhere on your website. How do those people know? um, Because that to me is like, it's what you know. You're doing a lot of events like that.
1: So my social media gal posts all that stuff on Facebook and um, LinkedIn and Instagram. And so um, she, excuse me, my cat. My cat decided he wants to sit behind me. So Okay. Me. <laughs> Don't
0: keep Mama. Um, out. Come on, kiddo.
1: <laughs> no, he's right <laughs> there. He's right there. You know, he, he rules the house. He lets me live in it. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, but um but yeah, my social media is the way to is the way to to kind of know about uh, mm-hmm. what we're doing. We used to do a newsletter, we kinda stopped that during the pandemic because you know, to tell uh, We can just sit there and tout ourselves the whole time as far as, you know, our fudge and whatever. But one of the things we would do other, you know, different things in our newsletter and one of the big areas that people would read the newsletter was to find out where we were. And during the pandemic, we weren't anywhere but our own living room and the commercial kitchen. So at that point, we um, stopped the newsletter and I just have not picked it back up yet. um, events are starting really to pick up now so but social media is definitely filling in and that's a great place to to kind of
0: find where we are and we can order at a flare for fudge.com where Correct. you can customize it or yes. you can pick what you've got so if they, if somebody has a specific request they can contact you directly there the best. Uh, definitely Yes. And, I have, and I have to say
1: also, our website right now, um, we've got several flavors. We don't have all of them. Some of them are seasonal because we do buy like our guava cream cheese fudge is a seasonal item. Right now we have pumpkin pie. It's pumpkin season. So that's on our site. So there's certain things. But if anybody wants to hear what we have fresh and what we're making at the moment, they can always call me as well. I, I do... I do enjoy talking to the people. So, you know, sometimes just ordering online, if you see what you like, that's awesome. Um, If you wanna hear what else is available or what's coming up or um, more information like our Fudge of the Month Club is not on there at the moment. Um, we're, We're just in the process of finishing up some stuff to get that online. So if anybody's interested in anything else that they heard today, they can always call me and I can always elaborate a little bit more let them know what's on.
0: yeah absolutely and the phone number is 754-444-0585 all of these by the way will be in the description of the podcast uh for um the audio as well so and it will be on the YouTube channel where to contact you as well because as I said oh if you're looking at this I'm drooling I'm, I'm like first of all I did my groceries list to be honest with you people so the uh, Cuban toffee is coming to go first with the kind key- love key lime. The mm-hmm. only time I eat key lime is if I am in Florida. So to be honest with you people, I've learned a long time ago when you test the key lime from Florida directly, you do not want to come back from it. So, And the dark and spicy, but I love the dark and orange. Oh, that is my favorite one too. Dark and Ooh. orange. I know. And people people do ask about
1: like key limes or like, are they really different than like the Persian limes? They are really different. Key limes. Key limes are nice and small. Those are baby. The babies. um, There's a completely different. They're not as tart, I think. It's like there's a difference. There's a little bit of a different taste and texture to them than um, than other limes that you would normally get in the grocery store. We're very lucky. here.
0: Yeah, because I made uh, well, a long time ago um, when I was doing, I thought it was what, bars or something. I make key lime, bars. And yeah, you know when, you know, yeah. you're not going to use lime. You do it with key lime and you know the test. The taste is very, very different. And it's yes. oh, God, it so is. good. Mm-hmm. 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 So anything else you would like to share with us before we part away? Because I'm telling you. <laughs> You and I could
1: say you and I could sit and talk all day long, which is awesome. I mean, this has just been oh,
0: wonderful. it's a, uh, We will have you back. The only thing is because your season is picking up right now, so we'll see when I can get you back. It might be after the holidays because I know right now you're entering the full season right. and it's gonna be like don't even ask for a podcast <laughs> until well, January, Emma. No, but I do
1: have to say, I mean, if anybody, any of your listeners or viewers out there do decide that this is this could be a perfect gift for them. because I am a small business, I just ask people to reach out. You don't have to, it doesn't have to get shipped until when you're ready, but just if you, if it is something just to reach out sooner than later, it's like, if you want, if you want something specific, you don't want the leftovers when all of a sudden you call on the 20th and go, oh my God, I want fudge. Um, You call now and you are guaranteed what you want versus what's left over.
0: That's Exactly. This is exactly what I'm going to do. Actually, this so is what I was listening to you. I'm like, so I, I'm thinking about the holidays right now. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. So first, I want the first test because I want to test all of this. I'm sorry, people. I am going to test this. But afterwards, <laughs> I'm going to see what you got. We're going to talk back uh, together cool. offline. But uh, definitely, I would like to have you back uh, probably in January or something like that when you're done with your crazy season, because again, I'm not going to be asking you to be on the podcast for the next uh, couple months to three months because you're going to be busy. Yeah. But definitely, people, if you need something right now from Hillary and uh, Flair for Fudge, connect with her right now. And as she says, if you want something for December or even Thanksgiving or anything like that, maybe it would be good to place your order now. So at least you got this in the, on the book and you will get something fresh and not the leftovers because some people go shop at the last minute on December 24th or the 25th. But that doesn't work this way because you're not going to get what you want. But mm-hmm. I am so happy to have met you on um, lineable That was awesome. Thank and you. I will be happy to have you back uh, in January so we can talk about the adventure and where you are and how was the season and what was the most unusual thing because I'm curious to know you know what is the most usual order you have done uh, okay. that would be nice to talk about that we
1: can also talk Valentine's Day cuz we do heart cake <gasps> fudge for February so yeah Something oh else. my
0: god oh can yeah. I give you a break for 5 minutes so hold on how earlier can you order for Valentine's like now <laughs> um i mean if somebody wants to order now they
1: can i mean like okay. yeah i mean i once again somebody can place an order and it's I, they can tell me when they want it delivered and it's the yeah. same thing for birthdays and anniversaries. I mean, yeah. I've got clients that give me their spreadsheet for the whole year. And then what we do is we just. Um, I like that. It, yeah. And I kind of like it also because it kind of gives me an opportunity to kind of plan a little bit better. Yeah. But I work on people's schedule. You know, the great thing about having a small business is you can do things the way you want to do them. And you can be a little bit more attentive to what your client's needs versus being in a cookie cutter where, no, I can't do this because the boss is telling me I can't. Exactly. And it gives you the opportunity to. to That can
0: bring you, like you said, some of the feedback from your uh, clients or brand new customers who want something specific that you have not done. I think it's a great experimentation, too, as well. I mean, it's the fun of it. It's creativity. And yes. you know, we, do, we have gold we
1: have gold and silver foil, and we've got red and green foil for Christmas, and nice. somebody wants something for Hanukkah, we've got um, two different shades of blue. So, I mean, we've got different things and we can create. The, the whole thing is, is no two packages are ever quite the same when we nice. create something unique for somebody. So that's the nice part. You can We can customize for each person with whatever flavors they like,
0: and it's not just a cookie cutter yeah yeah everything. it's customized to yes. their clients which i love so well thank you so much my dear thank it you. was a pleasure speaking with you and again you heard it from here and we're only october that hila will be back in january with us and we can talk about valentine's in the fudge because that's going to be even more fun yes, so definitely. take care Emma, thank, thank you. you so very much
1: and i thank um thank all the listeners I appreciate uh you listening to us today oh you're
0: really welcome my dear talk to you later bye First, put okay.